Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode... Life coaches say they'll help you achieve clarity, fortune, and happiness. But who are they, and what are they really selling? We'll review season three of The Dream. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of the Piper Green series of cozy mysteries, Laura Bricker. Hey, Laura. Hey, Rebecca, do you want to be my life coach? Um, Actually, yes. I'm just going to throw it out there, Laura. I do want to be your life coach. (laughs) Awesome. Great. I feel like there's a lot of potential here for me to just excel now. Okay. And finally, our resident doubting Thomas, author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of Strange Arrivals and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast, Toby Ball. Hey, Toby. Hey, Rebecca. If you became Laura's life coach, does that mean like you could get like a white Mini Cooper Sure, that I have to pay for myself. Yeah, you pay for it yourself, yeah. Yes. The license plate that says uh, Bricky. Yeah, so Bricky's coach. (laughs) Bricky's coach. Yeah, Yeah, but I I will say there have been times where I have sort of felt like Lara's life coach, and I've really enjoyed it. I've really, really enjoyed Mm, it, yes. mm. I am a person that people sometimes call for advice about things. You are. You're very good. And and I. so I'm half joking, but I'm half serious because you are very good, and you're certainly better than the horoscope app on my phone that I think might be written by chat GBT. I will say this podcast did inspire me to offer my services out to the world. Like, you know, how much should I like, like maybe, I don't know, like cameo style, mm-hmm. $500 an hour. Yeah. If any listeners out there want to pay me $500 an hour to give advice, I'm really fucking good at it. Just chat me up. All right. So, Kevin, this is obviously Thursday's podcast. It is. I think. What is happening on next Monday's show? Coming up on Monday, uh, we're going to be talking about a new series from HBO. It's called Savior Complex. All right. Um, Well, I can't wait to talk about what we're talking about in this podcast. So I want to get right to it with no delay. Is that all right with you, Kevin? It's all right with me. All right. Let's go ahead and drop that first clip right now. Let's do it. To get out of this thicket of absolute mindfuckery, I need a guide, an objective guide, someone who isn't trying to heal my childhood trauma or help me communicate what I'm thinking. I've got that covered. But instead, someone who will just give me action steps, a schedule, a game plan. I need a coach. People are spending thousands of dollars to get the guidance of life coaches, so-called experts who promise to motivate clients, provide clarity on their problems, and set them on the path to financial reward. But often these gurus recruit new coaches, ensnaring them and their downstream clients in a multi-level marketing cycle. 
And so I thought this is just the next step. Like I see now that I was just pushed through like his sales pipeline. And that was a $5,000 investment. But who gets to say they're an expert in giving life advice or promising prosperity to clients for the right fee? And why do people think these self-styled gurus can change their emotional and financial situations in the first place? Everyone's an expert and there are no experts and we're helping each other. So I sort of pursued that kind of question and trying to the main thing I was trying to figure out is like, how do people think these people are experts and how does one become an expert in career coaching when you're unemployed? Right. In season three of The Dream, host Jane Marie explores the life coaching industry and whether followers can transform themselves by altering mindsets or tapping into the universe. Jane makes the journey personal by discussing her feelings of dread and depression and employing her own life coach to improve her outlook. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from season three of The Dream. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes for our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. Now, Toby, this season of The Dream is a little bit different because Jane actually documents her own journey in trying to answer the question while she is exploring a question. You know, she gets her own life coach while she is, you know, sort of exploring life coaching as a topic. What do you think of this approach? Well, I I like Jane Marie and I like sort of the concept behind it, which is you have a question and you're going to do the research and try and figure it out and talk to people and document it as you go. So I like the concept. For me, this season seemed a little unfocused. There were some episodes which I liked a ton. And then there are other episodes where I was like, I kind of get the connection, but not 100%. And I I think part of it might just be that, you know, quote unquote, life coach seems to encompass a hell of a lot of different things. Uh, So at times it seemed like it was really like a work coach, a job coach, like how to how to get a job for people who don't have uh, who are unemployed. And then other times it seems like this kind of new agey thing. And other times it's this uh neural language programming or something, which I assume we'll talk about later. NLP, that may not even be what it stands for. I didn't write it all down. I just wrote NLP and that's my best guess. Um, <laughs> Neurolinguistic programming, I believe is what there it stands we go. for. It. Yes. So yeah, it's not a very well-defined field. And I think the fact that her question is so defined, you know, it just felt a little uneven. And maybe it's also just like the way my mind works. It's would be like, super linear and just like going off on these sort of tangential things for an entire episodes might not hit other people the same way it hit me, but that's the way it hit me. Well, I want to go back a second and just talk about Jane Marie herself, because I do think Jane Marie's voice is singular in, in podcasting and her writing style. Laura, I think this comes out very strongly in the first two episodes of the podcast in particular. I, Love Jane Marie's writing. I love Jane Marie's delivery style. I love Jane Marie's asides. I think some of them are spontaneous in the booth. Some of them are not, but they should delivered so well. Episode two, I found completely gutting. Is that a common problem? That, that you eat in my ear? Is that why we broke up? <gasps> is, are we talking about this? <laughs> it's just a joke. It was just a joke. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I was just joking around. Oh. There's something about hearing somebody cry for real that can be difficult, but 
hearing Jane Marie cry in episode two absolutely gutted me. And I just think there is something so completely relatable about what she was talking about that I could not forget the entire time I was listening to this, even through the parts that were uneven. How do you feel about Jane Marie when you're listening to her podcast? Because she does evoke sort of sensory stuff for me when I listen to her. Right. So I find her out of all the kind of hosts that we have listened to, I find her just one of the most relatable people to listen to. She says things out loud that a lot of us don't. Like sometimes I say things out loud that I shouldn't. My friend will say, was that a brain thought that you just said out loud inside your brain? But Jean Marie says that, like when she's talking about getting ready for an interview and she's like, and I, I was so nervous, I had to like poop. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like most people aren't going to admit that. We've all experienced that, but we're not. So she's very- Speak for yourself, Laura Bricker. Okay, well, I'm just saying, Kevin. I get the nervous bowels, I'm not going to lie. Not before interviews, but before other things. Yeah, she's just super honest, but she does everything in a way that is relatable and funny and conversational. And that comes through in her interviewing style. I think because of the way that she is able to sort of ease into things in this low-key, kind of snarky, funny approach, she's able to then ask people things that are pretty hard conversation topics. And in a lot of cases, not put the people totally on the defensive when she asks those questions because of the way that she's built up to them by sort of inserting her own personality into the conversation. So I love, like you said, Rebecca, these first two episodes, it's her personal journey. I feel invested. I can relate to her desire to hire a coach. I can relate to that feeling of wanting somebody, aka Rebecca Lavoy. No, I'm just kidding. $500 an hour, Laura. Um, and guide you. Like when you're feeling stuck, I think it's, there's a certain type of personality and I, that you feel like, God, I just wish somebody would like coach me through this. And I think that comes through. And so those first two episodes, very strong. And then we'd have these asides where I lost that personal human connection because we're talking about like John Henry and like this other stuff that to me, I was just like interesting, but took me away from the narrative that I was engaged in, which was the Jane Marie narrative because it was very real. It was very relatable, especially when she has her real life breakup. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Kevin, when I told you how upset uh, episode two made me, did I taint your experience of it? No, no. I mean, episode two, it's it's very raw, quietly powerful. Um, yeah, it's sad to see her in such pain about her life uh, and her breakup. It's it's real on tape. Um, you know, after going through like this list of things that happened to her since COVID, you know, she never blames Dan or, her, or herself for where she is or for their breakup. Um, and, you know, it's kind of sweet melancholy as he tries to like help her like talk it out on the mic, like some of her issues, it really unfolds kind of naturally and authentically. And that's part of why Jane Marie endears herself to us. I have a list of things, but they're not, mine are very existential. Well, it's the beginning of the process. We're going to whittle this stuff down to action items. So what, what do you have existentially? Big picture. Oh, big picture? You want to go big? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, let's think big and then we'll see if we see what we can do about it. 
I want to talk, you know, for an hour just about the way that she talks and she writes. She reminds me, she's the closest to Dan Taberski. But very Eddie. different. But, but different. Makes no, you no, feel no. that Smart, way. Yeah. Sergey, yeah. super conversational. Yeah. And that is your strength. And that is also a potential weakness for the podcast. Yeah. It's interesting. I, first of all, I had a Taco Bell stop today in Jane Marie's honor, just FYI. She may have stopped eating fast food, but I will never stop eating Taco Bell. It's the only fast food I eat with any kind of regularity. And I'm. This so, is what for you, my homie. But I will say, and I, I know I'm lingering on episode two of this podcast, but I'll say episode two of this podcast is one of my favorite episodes of any podcast yeah. we've listened to this year because she says something in it that really struck me. She says something like, I've fared a lot better during COVID than, than most people. And I'm like, no, you fucking didn't. Like then she yeah, lists all yeah. these things that happened. And it's like so unbelievably sad. And it also speaks to like the human. And I th- especially I think like uh, women in particular are unwillingness to like admit like when we're not doing fucking okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and then just hear just hear sort of like that one, that one moment where she just like loses it when, Dan, her former partner, just says that tiny thing about, is that why we broke up? And like, that's the straw. The fact that that was caught on tape and that she decided to use it in the show and maybe like Peter Clowney, the editor or whatever, had to talk her into it. I don't know. But it was such a great choice to use that in the show. And I'll say, you know, I have some of the, I have similar issues with some of the podcasts as you guys do, although I think maybe I loved it maybe a little more than you guys did. Um, If the the show should have had more of that. And more scam stuff. I mean, that's yeah. sort of that's sort of my 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 take on it right now. Um, one of the things that I want to talk about, Laura, is the um, MLM to coach pipeline. I personally know a person who was selling uh, some stuff. Went from Lularoe to those uh, bags that are have a number in them that are sold by some vaguely Christian company to skincare products to then life coach MLM. Do you have people in your life who are part of the MLM to life coaching pipeline? Um, I haven't had anybody in that pipeline, but it's really something um, I got like now I get these random text messages because like three years ago I went to a pampered chef party. (laughs) And so I just get these like today I get an, I'd like this week I've written two of them. Like, Hey, Laura, it's me. Remember, like, not even remember me, like, da 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 da, trying to, and I'm like, oh my God. I have enough spatulas. I'm like, I don't need, um, by the way, if I really want, I, I will say I have a very good Pampered Chef knife. I can just buy another one online without going to the party. But I will say <laughs> um, the part I most related to in listening to that, Rebecca, was the Arbon guilt. Yes. I will never forget when I was pregnant. And I went to this Arbon party with my friend, Crazy Mary. And I say that she's a good kind of crazy. She's a fun friend. And we went to this Arbon party and I was like super pregnant. I was like drinking in O'Doul's. I was just like, <laughs> this is like miserable. And they were like, I'm like, I'm really not into this. Cause it was like super expensive. And they're like, but you're pregnant. Do you know? And they're like, what's Toxins. your skincare routine? They said, what's your skincare routine? I said, I don't know, like ivory soap and some like, oil of Olay. I don't know. And they're like, oh my God, do you know what rendered animal fat is? You're going to kill your unborn child with ivory soap. Oh my God. They like the guilt trip. And I I was so horrified about this that I actually went back because I chronicled my whole pregnancy. I wrote columns about it. And I wrote a column about how I was shamed at this Mm -hmm. Arbonne party that I was like killing my unborn child. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, that is very true. 
But, you know, I have friends that have gone through different uh, people in my circle that have gone through different cycles of these MLMs. I haven't had anyone reach the life coach thing through an MLM. I do know two people that on their own independently have suddenly become life coaches. And I'm like, and what are their qualifications? Like the one lady just like takes other ladies on like camping trips. And she's like, yeah, this is like a retreat. And it's like a women's circle. She's trying to recruit them to be life coaches is what she's probably doing. Yeah. um, But it's not affiliated with any particular organization. And then there's another one that like started this like life coaching, like healthy food eating thing that like (laughs) I kept getting emails about. And I was like, ooh, like- um, and it was like, if you don't want to join the life coaching, well, you can just buy my recipes for like this week only twenty nine ninety nine. Oh, Jesus Christ. Or you can just get the New York Times cooking app. Laura, if that makeup was going to kill your unborn child, it would be illegal in 18 states. Right? <laughs> so Toby, <laughs> look at this. He's 17 and he's still alive. Yeah. Oh my God. So Toby, we do hear from Jennifer, the former Arbonne, quote, regional vice president. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, Jane Marie already did a, a season about MLMs. We do get like some insight from her because she did get sucked into this life coaching company. But one of the amazing things, just to stick with Arbon for a second, that I learn is that when you get to the level where you get the Mercedes, you have to lease it yourself with your own credit and you have it forever, even if you stop being an Arbon consultant and it's got Arbon on the car and you got to like keep making those payments. It's not like Mary Kay where they take the car away and like it's like it's not like that. And it has to be white like it's your car. It's your car. They're just like, you've earned it now, but you're, it's your car. You have to go to the Mercedes dealership and buy and lease it yourself. That was wild to me. Is where it, they reimburse her for like some of the costs, but not all of it or something. Correct. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds in keeping with all this shit, which is Laura was like, Oh, where did they come off being life coaches? Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you don't really need anything. Right. I mean, I, there's no certification process. It doesn't seem to me. I mean, it seems like you're mostly marketing yourself. Right. And then there's, a certain amount of it is when you actually connect with a person who you're, who you're coaching, like Jane talks to about her coach. You get a little bit of this, which is weird. Cause I thought maybe this was going to be a larger part of the, the whole story of her journey was her own personal life coach, but she seems like insightful and stuff, but in a way like this is another, I, I wish she'd spent a little more time on this because I thought it was really interesting that her life coach, this woman, Jesse, one of two Jessies in in yep. the story. Good Jesse um, and bad Jesse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who Jane really likes, but is much more kind of like new agey. Yep. Than Jane and Jane actually sort of comes across as being the kind of person who wouldn't have a ton of time for new agey stuff. So I thought that was kind of an interesting dynamic that whether that adds something to her advice or whether Jane's able to look past it to get sort of what kind of connects with her or whatever. I thought that was a super interesting dynamic, which kind of sort of is left there without much examination, which I would have really liked to have heard like what her thoughts are about like, how is this working for me? Cause on paper, it doesn't seem like it's a great match, but in fact it it, it is. Kevin, one of the all time great scenes in this podcast is when Jane is shopping for life coaches online. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she can't even get through watching that one guy's video because it's like ready to call in your holy shit is this real life but let's just watch the video what's up legend 
No. I'm Dan Mendel. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I don't do that when you join Patreon. Oh. I say hello. Lover. No, I don't oh, say no. that. That's worse, right? No. Hello. We're not new agey at all. We're not no. woo-woo behind the Patreon firewall at all. No, we could be, though. We do give life advice on our podcast, Married With Podcast. Rebecca and we don't and I, even pretend to be experts. We don't. Well, I don't know. We seem pretty sure of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, pretty confident. Uh, we have a new episode coming up soon of uh, Married With Podcast on the most recent one. We had a listener ask us, when do you know that it's time to get divorced? And I think the answer was... When they've packed your bags for you. No, when you think to when ask, you ask that the question, question it's probably, to some strangers who make a podcast, you've probably already decided. You're probably there. Yeah. Uh, other things at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You can get episodes of Crime Writers on early and ad free there, along with 400 plus other podcasts, exclusive podcasts just for you. Um, we also have Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club. Toby's recent book was called Beneath A Ruthless Sun by Gilbert King. And now it's time for folks to start reading their next book. Toby, what should people run to the library to get? It's called A Death on W Street, The Murder of Seth Rich oh, and the Age yeah. of Conspiracy by Andy Kroll. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, we I'm covered that was one it. of the one of the what there was a Netflix documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Was it called Trust No One or yeah, yeah, that was an interesting Super one. interesting. Um we also have Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker. Now Laura in the last episode, it was sort of an emergency episode because Laura had this other thing planned. And there was a big scandal in Quaint AF Exeter. And it was whose dog was taking these giant shits and leaving them all over downtown. <laughs> now, Laura, you teased that that was part one of two. I got to ask, is the next episode going to be a follow-up to that, or are you saving that and we've got the thing about the goats? And I can't believe I'm saying this. Is it the dog shit or is it the goats eating poison ivy? Is it the dog shit or the goats? I mean, this is just totally my life. I have to tell you, I'm going to give you a spoiler here. Yeah. That the dog pooper, we believe that the word is out mm -hmm. that I am on the case. <laughs> there has been no poop now for a week after many mad pooping episodes. And the prime suspect, I actually saw it by happenstance. Mm -hmm. Last weekend, as I was coming out video. of my office, you took a video. I took a video. Yeah, I hid by the bookstore. <laughs> Steph at the bookstore was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this!" I said, "Steph, holy shit, he's he's at the tree that is the the poop tree," and then the pooper picked it up. And we're like, "We think the word has gotten so." Either way, the word has gotten out. But I am still on the case because today. As I was leaving my office to get a snack before taping, I did encounter just a random bag of dog poop stuck on the hood of somebody's car. So, um, left there it on still the hood of the car. Yeah. Oh my god. So okay. I am on the case. Right. I don't know if it's going to be dogs or goats, but you can just rest assured that whatever it is, it's going to be very vintage Lara Bricker that's coming your way. Okay, I can't make a better case for crime writers on patreon than all this yeah all right we know a lot of you've tried patreon come back to us if you were if you're with us and for reasons you know that you couldn't get, support us anymore get rid of paramount plus join us yes you don't need that you no, don't need peacock yellowstone is, is lame come back and watch us yeah once you finish that up uh you could do that <laughs> lastly uh we have <laughs> i know yellowstone is lame because i'm watching season five right now you're for binge work watching it yeah and it's fucking terrible <laughs> 
Elsewhere, we've got a new episode of These Are Their Stories out, and this episode is a uh, classic SVU episode from early on. This is Diane Neal before she became a cast member playing Casey Novak. Uh, this was the episode where she played a suspect where there were three women who raped a male stripper. <gasps> First male rape victim with female perps. That adds up to a lot of attention, doesn't it, Counselor? I am not interested in that. He is the first man to come forward. The statute for rape one was changed in January, Detective. So all that uh, you can get again. Uh, these are the stories. Comes out every other Wednesday. All these other great podcasts available on Patreon, and also Thursday means it's time for the uh, the newsletter. So sign up. At CrimeWritersOn.com, you get our newsletter for free. It has Crime Writers On behind the scenes, Cat of the Week, Tweet of the Week. We're going to add Crime of the Week. We're going to put it all in there so you can get caught up on all your Crime Writers On stuff. All right, so Kevin, before we end the business section, do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Our Patreon patron saints are Joan McGee Qualls and Lindsay Erickson. Nice. Bless you. Joan and Lindsay, thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. Thanks for everyone for listening to the business section and muscling through it. And yeah, if you used to belong to our Patreon and want to come back, give us a try. There's lots of good stuff back there. All right, Kevin, does that end the business section? Thus ends the business section. I'm going to go ahead and fade that music out right now. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. So, Kevin, we need to talk about Jessie Lee, the boss lady. Do we have to talk about her? Okay. Hell yeah, we do. The podcast opens and closes with her. Uh, what do you think of this opening scene with this uh, death march across <laughs> Cartagena? That was my no, wasn't it? It was a death march. Wait, anyway, wait. Jessie it, Lee is just unrepentant and, and, and like completely cool with the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I um, it reminded me of Wondry's Guru. If you remember that podcast we did um, it was during the pandemic about... The sweat lodge death. It seems like these people are like always, you know, wanting to push the limits of people to get the best out of them. It's effective in the military, not so much for people who want to sell makeup, right? Those people want to push the limits. They don't actually know where the limits are. But I would say that the interview part with the boss lady was great. The one person that's a diabetic is uh, has had stable sugars ever since then, mm-hmm. has completely transformed her entire life, uh, and credits a lot of it to that trip. So... If I'm supposed to apologize for it, no, no, geez. no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I was asking for that. I was just asking what your perspective, or you know, just what your experience was. My perspective is that it sounds like people with very bad journalism have gotten in your ear, and it's kind of unfortunate. And then her streaming response afterwards—I mean, the way that uh, Boss Lee responded, she was very dismissive of Jane Marie, but I think she was constantly coming back to it. Uh, in the days, in the weeks, on her streams after this interview, she's living rent free in her head. Yeah, yeah, and she got she got stuff, and you know, I would just say here. I mean, we might as well spoil, spoil if you can actually spoil, spoil. Toby's the one who found this out. Jay Marie talks about how she wants to kind of pull the punches with her because she knows that she has cancer and she feels kind of guilty going after her. But she does have that one funny line about I hope she's not the kind of person who's 
whose thoughts don't manifest and like yeah. make her cancer worse or whatever. Well, I mean, she did pass away uh, last month Eek. after episode one, but before the final episode. And the thing is that she refused chemotherapy and instead uh, treated her cancer by drinking juices and doing sit-ups to treat her colon cancer. And I think that that kind of tragically demonstrates the quality of her advice, which is so misguided to begin with. But I actually thought that that was a really great interview um, and a great way to kind of finish the podcast. Although I'll say sort of a caveat, we listened to a screener that was published that we got before the woman died. So just a little caveat that we might be talking about something that doesn't make the final cut. Yeah. So we should probably like not talk too much more about that episode, but we should tell listeners like it's a good one. That's episode nine. Uh, I'll just say out of like finales to podcast episodes, it's up there with the jinx (laughs) on steroids. It is like the, it was like the jinx on steroids. Just going to say. I I actually thought it reminded me a little bit without the same stakes. It reminded Mm -hmm. me a little bit of the line. Insofar as like just getting somebody on tape, like let him talk, doing stuff, like yeah, just getting someone on tape, just like I just yeah, again, not to keep talking about this, but we said we're not gonna talk about it, but but when she says that like going that she has her own coach and she pays that coach thirty thousand dollars an hour for advice because Uh, it's worth it because what she makes, I'm like you gotta be fucking bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. I'm not paying Rebecca thirty thousand. Yeah. No, I told you I'll do it for you. You can for Patreon free. for five bucks. Come on. <laughs> it's like five hundred five hundred dollars a second. Yeah, jeez. It's so important. I mean, let's be real though, Laura. Getting a coach in any area of your life, I mean, it's a sign of privilege that you can hire mm-hmm. somebody. I mean, going to mm-hmm. therapy is one thing. And they do talk about sort of you know, the difference at, at one point, it's honestly, it's just, yeah, ironically, who sort of brings it up to her is like, you need a therapist, not a coach. But there is a difference. Obviously, going to therapy is going to therapy, but getting a coach, it does signify sort of a level of privilege when you decide like, I, can, I mean, whether it's a coach to coach your kids to do the SATs or get into college, or it's a coach to help you get a new job. If you can afford a coach when you're unemployed, like there's some privilege there, right? And if you can afford a coach to talk to to help you do your life better, that's a signal of privilege in many ways, right? Oh, absolutely. It's not something that the majority of the population can actually incorporate into their life because it's it's definitely on a different level yeah. uh, economically. I think, Toby, this is why we got the John Henry episode. When I was listening to the podcast... I had my, I just kept thinking over again. I'm like, this podcast is really white. It's really white. It's really white. It's really white. It's really privileged, really privileged. And then we got the John Henry episode and I'm like, okay, this is all about this, right? It's all about how there's this whole other communities where like, this isn't even a fucking option where work looks different, where the effects of work looks different and where there's privilege just doesn't exist, right? I felt like I would have wanted those themes sort of spread more throughout and not concentrated in that one to meet my opinion, overly long kind of section of the podcast. Um, And there's also this history episode about Oliver Napoleon Hill, who's sort of like, I guess, the progenitor of coaching. And it turns out he's just a scammer. (laughs) What did you think about that history uh, part part of the podcast? Yeah. So, you know, I thought that these seemed a little tangential in that I mean, you can kind of draw your own conclusions as to why the John Henry episode is there because she doesn't really draw them for you. It seemed to me that we, we'd kind of gone off into this whole uh, sort of coaching for people who 
are unemployed or, 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 you know, whatever, seeking employment. And then that's kind of followed up with this. And, and this, I mean, it's interesting commentary about the legend of John Henry and, and what does that actually mean? And, and what are the lessons you're supposed to get from it? Which, it, which was interesting, but just as far as being about personal coaching, like I didn't quite get that. And there was an earlier episode where I think it's the coming up in the season of the dream or whatever, where they do have a couple of voices saying something about how there are structural issues that you, you can't address by instead of saying, but saying, you know, however, or whatever the fuck that guy was trying to and, get her to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, but then I, I don't remember ever hearing that person's voice later in the podcast. Like if that had been, made a little more explicit to me, I guess. I mean, maybe I'm being dense, but I I just couldn't figure that out. Uh, The other one um, about this guy, this fucking guy, Oliver Napoleon Hill, I thought that was more applicable just in terms of he's just fucking full of shit, right? Mm. And so this all kind of, in Jane Marie's telling at least, Starts off with this guy who's a total freaking scammer, just lies about everything. He doesn't have any qualifications for this other than he's tried to scam people in a whole bunch of other ways. And now he's found this new way of doing it. Um, and in some ways, it just kind of feels like the way this whole MLM to, to uh, you know, life coach thing goes. It's like you're kind of going from one scam to another and people still love and read his book and they talk about it. I mean, it's, it's just fucking, I mean, this whole, I, I, yeah, I don't know. They're both interesting as sort of standalone pieces. I mean, I think you can listen to the podcast without those two episodes and not feel like you missed very much. It's sort of critical to her examination of, of what life coaching is, but sort of standing on their own, like the information in it is cool. And, you know, again, I mean, she's just a very top notch kind of storyteller. Uh, in that way, so they're they're enjoyable listens. Toby, I agree. I also have some problems. I mean, I think it's the same thing with structure and editing. Because I'm not happy that so much time was given to large swaths of conversations with other people, where the information can be conveyed more efficiently. I don't think we needed two episodes with Jennifer, one that focused almost exclusively on her day of selling MLM makeup, because we've had that podcast. You know, Jane Marie did that podcast and she's like, you got to stay with me. And then we come back to a whole other episode about her and the life coaching. That one was good, though. We had that great tape of the phone call. (laughs) You know, there's one that's, um, well, it ends up being that those conversations, those get pulled out in really long sections to the point where sometimes it got tedious in places listening to that. The problem is that Jane Marie is such a fantastic storyteller and conversationalist. Like, by the way, her description of how she got to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan was classic. If I believed in manifesting my best life, I'd think that was the universe giving me a sign that I needed to wake up at 4 a.m. one Saturday and drive to LAX and then fly to Detroit and then have a Coney dog at the airport in Detroit or two Coney dogs at the airport in Detroit who's counting and then get one of those toy planes to Marquette, Michigan and then get in a rental car and drive an hour and a half through the Upper Peninsula all the way to Crystal Falls to meet this lady Jennifer. But see, the choice to say in this podcast, we want less Jane Marie and more of these other people as opposed to having more of Jane Marie. I just think that was a lost opportunity because I do want 
more of her asides, more of her observations, and she can more efficiently move this along with what these other people are saying without letting them go on. And, you know, you know, you have an entire episode, which is this hypnotist guy, you know, who, you know, hey, it was great when he made the pen disappear. <laughs> that was she fa- was so scared. She was so scared. Uh, you know, who, making a pen disappear a on a podcast. Oh, That's yeah. a great piece of it's tape. It's also a fantastic piece of tape. If it was real, I couldn't do this or I couldn't do this and I couldn't do this. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> so then, then now how the real- pen was in his hands. And then it disappeared. See, if, if I said, it's not there, it's under here, you'd be like, wow. That- and then it reappeared under the notebook I was using. My pen, my notebook. And Rebecca rarely calls out a podcast editor by name, and you always use this guy. And I'm just like, I think that he could have, like, really taken his razor blade out and made some more oh, Peter stuff Clowney. with this. I just, you know, I want to hear more of her. Yeah. And not more of the guy going on and on about the history of what was it, Napoleon yeah. or how about that one guy had, you know, how, how he had to get a mortgage, yeah. you know, just leading up to the point of the story about how overworked he was. It just it, it just really could have been more efficient. I'll just say, like, to be clear, I think Peter Clowney is like has made some of the most genius work in podcasting. But <laughs> there are times where there is a meandering quality to the work that he's worked on. I mean, I, I know a Peter Clowney podcast when I hear it. Like, I would have known he worked on this if I if I hadn't been told. I swear to God, I would have. Okay. Uh, but there is a sense of like, this is really interesting. Let's just keep doing it-ness that I do think takes over the best parts of this sometimes that I agree with you detract from the parts where it really fucking sings. And for me, where it really sings, though, like... It sings so much that I can forgive those because the the parts of this that I love, I love more than so many other things that I have heard in such a long time. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. But yeah, you know, I, I don't disagree in principle with some of the stuff you said. I just think I love the two episodes with Jennifer, by the way, because I, I don't care that we already had the MLM podcast because that episode was fucking great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I thought the the episode where she's talking to that guy, John, about the neural linguistic programming stuff. I thought that was a great episode because you can kind of see how people get sucked into it, right? Like when he's kind of given a spiel, it's like, oh, wow, you know, I could, I could see like, like maybe I shouldn't be saying, but all the time I should be saying and, or, or whatever it is. And she was great in that episode too, as an aside. I thought she was great in that episode. Yeah, Yeah. And she does, she does this great thing at the end. Like you guys already mentioned it where he's like a magician and he makes the pen disappear and it's like, oh Yeah. This guy's just, he's a freaking manipulator. He's a former magician and that's all about manipulating. And now he's doing this thing with language and it's just all about manipulating. And that episode to me, I thought was interesting because you kind of see sort of the seductive aspect of these spiels. And then at the end, she, without having to go out and say, this is bullshit, has this little thing that kind of like snaps you back. You're like, oh yeah, he's got his little thing but it's not something you need to take seriously. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions.
All right, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out season three of The Dream? Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for season three of The Dream? So I am going to go mild thumbs up with this because I feel like there was two episodes in this that really took me off topic from what I wanted to hear more about, which was Jane Marie's personal journey. I love listening to her as a host. I love her personality, her delivery style, her interviewing style, the way that she puts her personal journey into this podcast in this season. There was some sort of asides that I felt like took me away from that journey and could have been little bullet points and didn't necessarily have to be whole episodes. But otherwise, I can totally relate to so much of this, especially that feeling that she's describing when she's going out and searching for her own coach and, you know, examining the coaching phenomenon. And I think it's really interesting. So uh, mild thumbs up for me. Toya Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for The Dream Season 3? Yeah, so this is a hard one just in terms of, you know, I, I think there's four or five episodes here that are just phenomenal. Um, if it had just been those four or five, I would be like super strong thumbs up. And then there's this math is not going to add up to the to the number of episodes that actually are. There are nine. But there's like there's like you know there are two, six more two or three or whatever that half of the nine that uh yeah so I, I would say five or six I thought were were great and then there's like three or four which were either good but seemed a little tangential or I just didn't connect with. So in that kind of thing, I really would love people to listen to the, <laughs> to the, to the episodes I, I loved and not necessarily, unless you're a completist, I uh, feel like you had to listen to the others. So I, I guess I'm a strong thumbs up just because I think the good episodes are so good. And, you know, Jane Marie's like, she's one of those people who she's distinctive, right? She like, there's no question about when she's doing a podcast. Right. And I, I like her podcasts and I like her personality. I like the way she tells stories. I like the, the subjects she tackles. So yeah, I'm, I'm a strong, I'm a strong thumbs up with the caveat being, I think there's some like variability in how, and how good the episodes are, but the good episodes are, are awesome. Kevin Flynn. I'm going thumbs up. Um, it's an uneven podcast in the sense that there are some fantastic episodes. I'll say uh, episode two should be submitted to the Signal Awards next year. I think it was really great and authentic. More than the Signal Awards. Uh, yeah, well, whatever. You know, she already has a Peabody yeah. and an Emmy. Although, uh, if you does check she? the link, well, I don't does know. She really? You got to check the links at the bottom. Does <laughs> she have one of those page? Oscars for podcasts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a reference to the podcast, by the way. I, I know what she has. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think regarding the topic, I feel like it was covered a, a mile wide and an inch deep. Um, it touched on a lot of things. But as I said in the review, I thought there were certain ways that this really could have been edited differently to play to the strength, which is Jane Marie. I, I just feel like. She just like would make a great best friend, you know, or, you know, somebody that you want to go have uh, a drink a with. A Taco Bell burrito a with. A Taco Bell burrito with. She's just fantastic. And she just, just, she's a treasure. And it's just too bad that so much time was ended up just giving this uninterrupted, unscripted, just felt like, okay, well, here, we'll fill 10 minutes with this passage about somebody's time selling lipstick that 
um, it really kind of distracted from the better parts of it. So while it is uneven, I still think people should listen to it because it's very entertaining. Yeah, I'm a strong thumbs up for this season of The Dream. The episodes I loved of this podcast, I loved so, so much. Episode two of this season of The Dream, I will underscore again, is one of my favorite pieces of audio that I have heard in such a long time. It was so gutting and so wonderful and so lovely and so real. And there were so many parts of the podcast that were like that, that just felt so real to me. And um, I feel like I understand the uneven parts and understand why they were done. Um, I feel like some of them were too long and too clinical. And that's why they stuck out because the organicness and the loveliness and the um, lack of clinicalness of the rest of Jane's work and her writing and storytelling I don't care what it's about. Sometimes it's like, oh, I'm like, we're not really getting to the nut of the issue here, but I don't even fucking care because I'm loving it so much that when when it when it departs from that, it sticks out for me. But I don't even care. I love this podcast so much that I forgive those parts in a way that like I, I wouldn't if it were a different kind of story and a different storyteller. So yeah, it's a strong thumbs up for me. I can't heartily disagree with, you know, what you said, Kevin, and what you said, Toby, but I loved it. I just absolutely loved listening to it for the most part. So yeah, strong thumbs up for me for season three of The Dream. All right, that's going to do it for us. But before we go, Lara Bricker, do we have a cat of the week this week? We have a dog of the week this week in honor of my ongoing investigation into the dog pooper of Exeter. I would like to share an example of a good dog pooper in Exeter. Um, And that is Lulu. Um, owned by Kathleen Kerber, friend of the podcast. And uh, Kathleen Kerber sent me a poop story about her dog after hearing about my investigation last week. Um, And she writes, when we first got Lulu, she wouldn't poop in public, even on a walk. So I wasn't always prepared in case she did. Juno and I were, which Juno is uh, her child. Juno and I were walking her downtown and wouldn't you know, she took a dump on one of those grates. Juno did or the dog did? The dog, Lulu. I made Juno wait with Lulu at the crime scene as I ran to the Exeter Mill apartments along the river where they always have bags. I got a bag and ran back and handled the evidence. Juno was so annoyed with me and I was, of course, laughing. I think she might have been spoken to and had to say, my mom is getting a bag to clean up the poop. So thank you, Kathleen Kerber, for being a responsible dog owner in Exeter. Very, very nice. All right, Lar Bricker, folks want to reach out to you and pitch any kind of animal, of course, to be Cat of the Week. How can they find you on social media? They can find me at Lar Bricker on the Twitter. What about you, Toby Ball? How can people find you online? At Toby Ball and H. Kevin Flynn, how can you be found? I'm at Kevin P. Flynn. Uh, you can follow me on all the social media sites at Reb Lavoy, although I mostly tweet and Instagram. Uh, you can also follow the show everywhere at Crime Writers On. And apparently, Kevin, we're now streaming us on YouTube. We are. I encourage you to join our incredible community and our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. Please, please, please join our group. Just find our page at Join the Group. You won't regret it. Get episodes early and ad-free at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You'll also get the Crime Writers On After Show, Married with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave it to Bricker Podcast, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club Podcasts. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the wonderful, wonderful Livy Burdett. The executive producer of this program is Kevin Flynn. 
This show was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi Studio, otherwise known as Studio C, The Closet, in our New Hampshire basement where Kevin and I also dispense life advice, but only to listeners on Patreon who really, really want it. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you later. When we get to the final episode, uh, Jane Marie does talk with, uh, what is her name? Boss what? Not Boss Hawk. Boss Lee. Boss Lee. Boss Uh, Hawk. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution.